everyone. It's Shekelola Salami and it's the Shekelola Salami show. If this is your first time listening to the show, the show is a podcast show set in a virtual cafe and we talk about books and publishing. Um, I hope the listeners, you know, at the end of each episode, they would either learn something new, discover a new book, learn from the guest expertise or they would be motivated or inspired by, you know, the story, you know, whatever conversation I have um, with the guest. Um, you can tell that I've been, you know, I've got a cold again. I'm constantly having a cold. I think my immunity is really down. So at the moment, I'm sipping on some lemon and lime infused water. Um, it really should be warm, but, you know, it's a bit cold. Uh, but it's sort of helping to keep my nasal passages um a bit open um and then i've been doing some baking i've been doing some cookies and i think i've actually been improving um so the last cookie batch that i made you know we had um melt you know sort of melted chocolate so it's sort of enclosed like a sandwich and then when my daughter breaks it open you then find the melted um, chocolate surprise which i thought was quite lush anyway so who have i got here in the cafe who's coming to chat with me today well, good, good morning, uh, good afternoon, Segula. Hello. Uh, hope I, hello, my name is, is Robert Flynn, and uh, it's great to be with you. I really appreciate you having me as a guest. Um, a little about me, I'm, I'm currently an author. Um, I just have one book that I put out in February of 2017, and I've also been a musician performing musician and recording musician for many years and always had a, a desire to create and writing uh, was just a secondary part of that desire, although it's it's become even more important to me now. Um, I'm also a, a IT specialist in a, a very specialized segment of the IT world. It's full of specialties and um, what I do is basically uh, transform data into a usable tool for business to a business to actually utilize for different reasons. Um, I've been doing that for oh I think the last 15 years I kind of had a mid midlife change uh, went back to school and and got my education specific to IT so I enjoy that. Um, I also enjoy um, creating on my free time. And um, I live in Texas in the United States and have been pretty happy here. Uh, it's an interesting, diverse uh, culture in many ways, but it's also very, very basic and traditional at the same time. Um, I am looking forward to speaking with you about some of the ideas that I had for this work, this um, novel. And since this is a virtual cafe, um, I kind of like to order maybe something warm, like a cappuccino would be great. Perfect. And what would you like you, um, to have with your cappuccino? Would you like some of my home-baked cookies? I love cookies. I, if they're peanut butter cookies, I'll take a dozen by mail and I'll freeze them and keep them forever, <laughs> at least for a week. Well, you know, I've got a very futuristic Star Trek-y type cafe, so anything you want, you can get. Perfect. 
you know, so I think probably I'll try that next time. So instead of melted chocolate in the middle, put some peanut butter. That sounds really lush. They are the best. <clears throat> That's my favorite cookie of all time. There's a little place um, in a small city called, we call Bernie, uh, just north of here, and they have the best bakery, and their their cookies should actually be enshrined. They're so amazing, their peanut butter cookies. <laughs> nice. What are they called again? You know, give them some bit of plug-in so anyone who was, who's nearby can go and check them out. Well, it's the Bear, B-E-A-R, Moon, M-O-O-N, Cafe, and Bakery in I'm Bernie, B-O, yeah, in Bernie, Texas, just north of San Antonio. Fabulous. Um, okay, well, you know, the, I'm sure anyone who's nearby to the place can go and um, check it out. Um, but in the meantime, though, so what is your novel called? It is called The Touch. A Supernatural Story Part One. Uh, it's actually, a, it's going to be a series. I'm working on the second and third installments at the same time. Um, and it's basically a supernatural story. It's a fantasy, but it includes some very familiar characters. Um, and it has uh, a very good message, a very positive, uplifting message. All right. Okay. Um, so what made you write this book? How long did it take you to write it? Well, it took approximately two years. I <clears throat> entertained the thoughts. Uh, the story itself was very difficult to write because of the nature of the characters. But I was looking for a way to combine some of these ideas that I'd had uh, in such a way that you know, it would present the reader with something maybe a bit more than many of the things that are available these days. I mean, it to, to me, it's a challenging read, uh, but it's, if you stick with it, it's got the kind of uh, message and feeling to it that'll keep you thinking quite a bit afterwards. So that's, at least that's the response I've gotten from many people that have liked it. Okay, so how or, you know, what made you decide to write it? Like, you know, were you just sort of randomly just doing stuff and then go, hmm, you know what, I can write a supernatural book. Like, what was your thinking process? What made you write it? Well, when I went back to school, <clears throat> um, and I was in my 40s at the time, um, I went back to school for a second degree, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, I had one professor that I really got along well with and learned a lot from. And he, on every single essay that I wrote, and there were, oh, I don't know, maybe 30 different ones that I had to produce for that, two different classes with him. He wrote that it was a pleasure to read every single time. And he kind of encouraged me that I should, you know, consider trying to write something um, of a bigger, larger scope. And um, that was really the inspiration that got me thinking, you know, that I had something to offer maybe in terms of something being pleasurable to read. You know, I made a, an effort to, to do that and it seemed to work with him and he was very responsive to me and, and very encouraging. So that's really where it started. And that was, um, you know, maybe 
uh, eight years before I actually started writing the novel. But I, during that period of time, I wrote other things and, and tried to learn a bit more about the craft. Okay. Um, okay. And how did you publish? Did you self-publish or did you go with a um, you know, traditional publisher? Well, it's interesting. I was listening to one of your podcasts and the author was describing uh, a similar situation to what I did. Uh, I, I self-published and I went with CreateSpace, which has now been, I think, absorbed by Amazon, Amazon. completely. Amazon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, in terms of my feelings at the time, I was <clears throat> still learning and you know, there's so many different options, but it seemed like for me at the time and considering my knowledge at the time to be a pretty seamless way to, to do it. And uh, in hindsight now with everything that I've learned on the next two books, I think I may go a different direction possibly, but this has proven to be a, a very seamless way to get something out there. And okay. uh, I, I think it's worthwhile for anyone to consider it. Um, I queried uh, uh, for a short period of time a number of agents and got good response back, but no actual uh, interest at the time. And I still communicate with them, but I wanted to get it. I wanted to get it out. And you know, maybe in some cases that's not the best idea, but for me, it was satisfying enough to keep me going. Yeah. So that that's a positive aspect. Okay. So, you know, you've got one book out and you're working on books two and three. So we could say you're a pro now, right? Because if you've never written anything, you know, then you would say you're an aspiring author or a newbie author. So I would like to think that you're a pro now. So what would you do differently now, having gone through the process the first time around? What have you learned from the first time you published your book? Well, I, I did self-editing, um, although I did uh, communicate with a couple of people that do editing, and I've explored that a bit more, so I think I would definitely try to develop a relationship with an editor. Uh, I would also pursue and plan to pursue um, representation through an agent prior to releasing, and also planning the release more care much more carefully than I did the first time. Hmm. Um, and I think that Ingram might Ingram spark might be my choice next time, uh, just based on what I've learned. Although you never know as much as you think you do. So I I'm sure there's pluses and minuses, no matter what direction you go. I'm hoping that I can interest a publishing house. Uh, there's, Unfortunately, a lot of what I would call traps out there for aspiring and starting authors with publishing houses that have you pay them, for example, things of that sort, I think people should stay away from. Just try to communicate in any way possible. It takes a lot of effort to find representation and then utilize that maybe to get some interest from a publishing house. But that aside, if none of that happens, I'm still going to self-publish. But I think in this instance, I'll prepare better before releasing and really try to, um, you know, 
get the most out of the release. Okay. And right. and I've How also learned a lot. Um, well, there are different ways, obviously, to promote. Um, and so what I've learned about marketing is still, I'm, I've got a lot to learn, but I've learned enough that I would try to time uh, the whole thing with marketing and then also the pricing of it as an introductory price, possibly. Um, you know, those sorts of things and make sure that there's <clears throat> there's a plan in place and a budget after it's released so you can take advantage of the newness of it. Um, although over time, you know, Amazon, you know, their, their uh, way of promoting books, so their algorithms, once you get to a point where you have 50 or more reviews, then that algorithm really starts working more for you. And I'm sure that's true, obviously, with any website, but especially Amazon. So having some kind of introductory uh, promotional aspects and email list, all of which requires some investment, but those are the kind of things I'm considering. Yeah, I will definitely, um, before before today, right, or before this year, right, I used to read that it was really important for one to build up um, a mailing list. Um, and I never, I always, you know, people always say, but then until you find yourself in a situation where you actually need your mailing list, um, you never really um, appreciate the impact having a mailing list can do because that is your own asset. Um, so earlier on this year, um, so for the, the show is pre-recorded. So I don't know if you're familiar with this online platform. They're called BuzzFeed. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. So they were trying to compile their list of um, podcasts for 2019 that um, most people probably haven't heard of. Um, you know, and I thought, you know what, it would be really great if the Shagilola Salami show gets listed on there. Right. And when I found out there was probably like less than a week, you know, between when I saw the post and when the deadline was. Um, so literally I scrambled, right? And I have like, just in my address book, I've got hundreds of emails, right? That's not even in my mailing list from people that I've just communicated with randomly, you know, sort of through my podcast, you know, my books. So I literally just got my address book and I sent an email blast to everyone. Then I went to my MailChimp account, you know, sent an email blast to everyone. I was like, can you please help me out? Right. I need you to send an email to Buzzfeed. Right. And literally, right. I don't know if all of them did, but I guess probably about 20 people told me that they did email Buzzfeed. Um, obviously because the show is pre-recorded as of right now, I don't know if the show got listed on there or if Buzzfeed, you know, feel that my show is interesting enough, you know, to put it on the list because I'm sure there are hundreds of, you know, just as good or even better shows out there. But it was just like, it made me realize the power of having a network. It made me realize the power of having a mailing list and people that you can call up and say, Hey, you know what? I'm doing something, you know, can you please help me out? Can you help me spread the message? And, you know, because they like what you do, they would literally just go, yes, I will support you. So, you know, even if I don't know, cause the show is recorded and that's at the time of recording, Buzzfeed hadn't made their 
2019 podcast list available. So if you're listening to this, you know, you're welcome to go and check it out to see if, you know, the show um, got listed or not. But it was just amazing that, you know, from the people in my network, everyone was really happy to go and make that recommendation to, you know, to BuzzFeed. So I know that the show has actually gotten the attention of BuzzFeed, whether, you know, the quality matches what they're looking for is a different kettle of fish. But yes, you know, I was just trying to say that that's the importance of having a mailing list and having a contact list. But yeah, do continue. I digressed. (laughs) Well, no, that's, it's so amazing the power of social media. I mean, there are, there are, I was watching a show uh, last night about, uh, it was actually not a really good use of social media, but the Fry concert that that was going to be in an island in the Bahamas. And this gentleman was just like a marketing genius, even though he was very uh, uh, duplicitous and, and was just really creating a buzz about something that he hadn't actually produced the product yet. Ooh. And the concert was the concert was a was a failure for many reasons, but he was able he was one of these type of people that could just create a buzz on social media about something. I mean it it's it, and really, you know, when you think of branding and personality, um I, it's amazing what can happen if you if you are able to get a following and 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 the email list that you're mentioning i think is extremely important for the just exactly the type of use that you just mentioned so it's a learning process for me um in many ways because i'm a little older and social media was something i had to you know really dive into a little bit to understand better um but really just networking and and giving a little time for your brand uh to develop is also very important. Uh, oh yes, you have to you have to be somewhat patient. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, it definitely. You know, it's like you know, planting a seed. Um, you know, you plant it, you water it, and you know, you you sort of tend to it and nurture it till it grows. You know, because you're not going to just put it and then everyone would be like, yes, let's go and get Robert Flynn's you know book because they don't know you. You know how you know how do they know that is worth their while invest and even if it was free how do they know it is worth their while investing the time in checking out your um you know your book um but you know it it is what it is um so if you were to say to any of the listeners right that you know these are your five takeaways from you know your you know from what you've gained or what you've learned from you know publishing your your book you know and what you would be you know, what you would be doing differently with your second and third books, you know, what five actionable points do you think you can then tell any of the listeners who is starting the journey or is about, you know, is sort of in the same level as you where they're thinking of publishing their second book? Well, um, I guess firstly would be definitely prepare a marketing scheme at the beginning before you publish. Um, It's never too early to start researching ways to market your creation through your budgetary capabilities. You have to be reasonable about what you spend and it's very easy to spend uh, money on things that won't necessarily give you much payback. I went with a a, uh, publicity company uh, early on that ended up 
really not giving me any results for the money. Um, so you make mistakes, but it's, you know, if you do your research ahead and really see through some of the things that just won't really deliver you much value, that's a great idea. Um, it's a good idea also to think about, you know, if you are going to be on Amazon, how can you best utilize what they have to offer uh, within their algorithms? Take a, take a look at where your niche is. Uh, how you can best position your book um, based on what it's about. Um, you definitely should think about what it would be, what effort you have to put into trying to find representation. That's something that I did not really spend enough time on because uh, I think having a relationship with an agent and or an editor is a very smart move. Um, I think that uh, having your your book ready to go and that means spending the time to edit it although at some point you have to draw the line and say you know is it is it going to get better is it going to really be better or if i reach the point now where i think i'm comfortable with releasing it because even even the best editors can make mistakes you're going to find in any publication i don't care if it's the best best authors best editors it's always going to be that chance that something was, you know, punctuation was wrong, but really spending the time either self-editing with the best tools you can find to do so and or maybe invest a little in, in having someone outside of your viewpoint help you with that. And then um, also spending time trying to find an excellent cover. Uh, that it's, it's hugely important or very important to to think about how you want the book to look. Uh, obviously, if you have a professional looking exterior, that just helps uh, your, your chance of the interior actually being seen. Uh, and also remember too, that the competition on Amazon has obviously become uh, very large because there's so many people that have decided they wanna write and it's a good platform for them to do so. But you also have to remember that many of them, a great percentage of them, maybe sell a hundred books and that's all that they ever do. You, your book could do the, have the same problem if you don't think about marketing because you're never going to stop, yeah. you'll never stop marketing. So those, those are some of the basic takeaways, I think, okay. for me. Okay, how, what was the specific marketing um, strategy? How did you market your books? Oh, wow. Well, I was, it was almost like a dart board and I was throwing lots of darts at the board. Um, but I, I, I went <clears throat> with some of the, you know, there's lists out there available that show you all the different um, companies that are available with different types of marketing schemes. Uh, the ones that have been the most effective for me are ones that have, um, established themselves over a period of time. Um, For example? So it was really just, oh, well, let's see. There's quite a few. Uh, I've used Kindle Nation multiple times. I've got a list somewhere, but I'd, I'd have to find it. I've used um, uh, Book Doggy, uh, okay. Book Gorilla. Yeah, there's... <laughs> 
there's probably a list of 50 or more, and many of them are the same. I mean, they're, uh, they have a, a Twitter following, they have email blasts, and you'll get a certain amount of response from most of them unless you're just not, your book's not attractive. They, but for the money, you can end up spending an awful lot of money uh, too quickly and not really because you're so desperately wanting to see some sales. Mm. I think you need to need to consider when to use it uh, and be patient because it it's if you overdo it, then a lot of times people are seeing the same emails, you know, and it becomes a little oversaturation situation. Also, I think utilizing the Amazon giveaway program okay. in conjunction, like the online book club, for example, that's another one. They're relatively, relatively big and I, they're expensive though, but you can do um, promotional things with them when you, when you first put your book out or if it's free. So if you offer it for free on Amazon and then also add uh, some of the services to that and build up a buzz about it going on sale or being free. You can get, so I've given away almost 20,000 through Amazon utilizing some of these, uh, you know, secondary marketing companies. And then uh, Goodreads <clears throat> uh, has also been very good for me. I, I do giveaways on Goodreads, mm. not monthly, mm -hmm. about every other month. And they give, they give away a hundred, books and usually three to four hundred people actually apply for the contest so you're getting exposure and you get you get reviews through that as well yeah so okay well that's good so i mean what would be really handy if you send me this list that you have of all the places that you um promoted your book then i can publish it on my blog um for anyone who's interested in checking out the full list how does that sound sure Sure, absolutely. I okay. definitely will. You know, so hopefully, you know, anyone who's an aspiring author or someone who's thinking, well, let me try out a new strategy. They can go and check their, you know, your list and see maybe, you know, they can, if they can find a new place that they haven't thought about before. I know I will be checking it out um, because I haven't written for a little while, but so, you know, the, the writing bug has finally taken hold of me. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to start writing my, my next book. I've sort of started, I've, I've done the, I've got a new page open and I've got it all tight, uh, you know, sort of saved the name and everything. So I'm sort of started working on it. So if anyone is interested in being a beta reader for me, uh, please do drop me a line. Um, you know, my email address is shegilola at shegilolasalami.co.uk. If you're listening to the show, I'm sure you know how to spell my name, but just in case, it's S-E-G-I-L-O-L-A. So shegilola at shegilolasalami, S-A-L-A-M-I.co.uk. Um, so yes, if you want to sort of read um, my work in progress and give me some feedback, then I would so appreciate that. Um, and then I will be checking out Robert's, you know, list of places to go and promote his book so that I can see if there's a place that I can go and promote my book before it's released. Um, but yes, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, how can anyone connect with you if they were interested? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Yes, I, I can also send you 
a list of my links, but I'm on Twitter, Facebook. Um, I am uh, also have a website, Robert E. Flynn, all one word, dot com. And I would like to take just a second to just give a little taste of what the book is about. Do we have time for that or? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. How many minutes do you want? Oh, just maybe a minute. It's um, okay. If that's okay. Um, I didn't really speak anything, uh, you know, specifically about the content of the book, but it's, as I said, a very positive message, but mm. it's, it's, it's got biblical characters. One of which is well known to everyone on the planet. Um, and I don't want to completely give away the book, but I guess I will anyway. It's a, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a story of, of the fallen angel, the highest created being uh, of God, um, the highest angel, uh, Lucifer, who was the premier creation of our creator, and his plight was falling from grace, and he wanted more than what he was given. And if you look at the world situation, um, if you accept creation as a reasonable concept, just from a, a, a logical uh, dissection of the, of the concept, then you would imagine that a creator would create something that was perfect. <clears throat> Yeah. And, yeah. and if you get into the idea of good and evil and the knowledge of good and evil, and then also sin or evil actions, the inhumanities of mankind is what has possessed me forever is why, why we do the things that we do. And the biblical concepts provide for me, at least are a reasonable, very simplified explanation. But the idea in this book is that, Lucifer has become bored with the world and bored with deceiving man. Okay. And now okay. he's decided to deceive those people that are evil. Oh, he's, okay. He's zeroing in on them now as more of a challenge than the good people on this planet. And oh. it's really, and it's about children and they're speaking and hearing this voice and then finally speaking to it and they're able to be given a power that they're able to transfer with by touch and it's it exposes the weaknesses of the cruel inhumane people in the world is really what it's about and you know where it's so many things that happen in the world to children that are despicable and this book is really trying to offer up a hope beyond our physical world. And then also it's, it's a fantasy. It's, but, it, but I think the concepts are, are interesting to someone regardless of how they feel about biblical concepts. I think it, it, it proves to be interesting. Yeah. I think a lot of fantasy books that I've read, you know, or, well, maybe not a lot of them, but, you know, some of them, you know, they've got the whole concept of um, a fallen angel. Um, so I'm sure that sounds like a very interesting read. Um, is it a novella or full, full on book? It's a full novel. It's 384 pages, I believe. Wow. And but it is it is the first part, so it ends in such a way that you know that there's more to come. Okay. 
And um, so did you just, um, when you did it, did you just put it available on Amazon via CreateSpace? I, yes, I did it through CreateSpace. And now the print books are sold directly through Amazon. Okay. And because uh, CreateSpace was absorbed, uh, it's also Kindle Unlimited. So you can, if you have uh, the, that, if you pay for that, then you can share the book and read it for free. It's at, it's priced very well at 99 cents, and I've left it at that price for for quite a few months and pretty happy with just offering it at a really good discount. Okay. Um, so so people who look, let me say, um, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, they won't be able to get it. Then it's just, at the moment, just on Amazon. Well, they can get it on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Amazon only, but Mars and Noble as well, but not not the other sites. Right. Okay. And, no, that's and, I, and if they search the touch by Robert Flynn, then it'll it'll come up for them. Okay, the touch by Robert Flynn. Okay, well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, um, and yes. I definitely look forward to receiving your list um, of places you know authors can market. Um, or promote their books um, on. Yes, I will forward that to you and I hope to, to stay in touch. And I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, it was a, a great pleasure for me too. Yes, no, the Virtue Cafe is open to anyone and everyone at any time. Because I feel like I always learn something new from the guests that come on the show. And, you know, it just sort of gives me time to have adult conversation instead of just baking cookies and cake with my daughter all the time. You know, it's just sort of nice <laughs> distraction. Um, but yes, you know, everyone who's listening, you know, please do drop me a line if you would like to help me with my work in progress. Um, let me see if the listeners of my show, you know, actually would take action because I know that my mailing list does work. So now I'm putting my podcast to the test. You know, I've got, you know, my small, you know, book. It's not, you know, if you've ever read any of my books, you know that they've got a very African feel to it. But this one that I'm working, I have no clue how I would write it. But, you know, so if you want to, I would really appreciate it if you would send me an email, shagulala at shagulalasalami.co.uk, and I will send you what I've written because I need all the feedback that I can get. So everyone, until next time, this is the Shagulala Salami Show. Bye now.